Episode 1 of The Time Traveler's Wife is streaming on HBO Max. The series was created by Stephen Moffat and stars Theo James and Rose Leslie as a married couple, Henry and Claire. Henry is a librarian who has been involuntarily time traveling since he was a child. Claire is burdened with her husband's condition, but also considers her life with him a bit like a fairy tale. Welcome back to today's episode where we review a different series every show. Today we're giving our take on this pilot. It's Wednesday, May 18th. Let's begin. The first thing that I wrote down while I was watching this before I knew anything about the production was that Claire's backstory was Amy Pond from Doctor Who. Like, first you have this little red-haired girl that meets a mysterious stranger outdoors that she calls her imaginary best friend. She helps him, and when she grows up, she she grows up idolizing him, and he revisits her on several occasions. And and I'm just like, this is exactly... Well, yeah. Cause... And then I see Stephen Moffat's <laughs> name pop up, and I'm like, okay, well, that that is that actually pissed me off. Wait, it pissed you off? Because, like, Doctor Who, as good as it could be, does tend to kind of repeat itself sometimes. And, like, the story arcs become pretty predictable. And I'm like, if he's in charge here, this might be a problem. So that's how it starts off. That's the beginning scene you see. The beginning of the show, they introduce us to the characters, uh, Claire and Henry. They're a married couple, but they're getting interviewed. And somewhere in the future, like, he's in old man makeup, and she is significantly older than she is playing throughout the episode. And they just over-explain the premise to the show. Like, everyone understands from the title, this is the time traveler's wife. Henry is a time traveler. He can't control it. It just happens willy-nilly, and he'll disappear for a few minutes or a few days, and then he'll pop back into her life. And she's always concerned about him, but they're happily married, and they've lived with this for... As long as they've known each other, right? Yeah, I mean, there's even some differences to his backstory. Did they say when he first time traveled in the show? Yeah, when he's like seven years old. Yeah, it was when he was five when the book would go ahead. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, but at least five to seven, like you're the same. Well, the people were saying that the time traveling was tied to his trauma because in the book, he time traveled when he was five because I think his mom died or something Oh, I'm like sure that. there are a lot of differences between the book. Because again, the Stephen Moffat thing felt like he was cramming his own <laughs> thoughts into the show. And it felt like when you only have two characters in the first episode and they're expected to hold the entire plot for like 50 minutes and then you spend the first 10 minutes kind of boring everyone out from explaining the same thing. Like they go through the same montage of him falling six feet from the sky naked whenever he uh, time travels, right? Like he just is in a new place uh, sometime within his life. uh, He can't go back further than I think he was born but um or too far in the future either but he falls down and we see like his naked ass like 50 times in the show they do the terminator thing and it is overdone you know i, I don't need that you many are, butt you're, shots. you're not the only person saying that they do it on purpose though because the guy's like fit i get that and it's like okay we're going to show off his body but at, at what point does it become like this is just porn <laughs> was it done for comedy's sake though no well yeah half half for comedy half for oh look at this you know <laughs> But then there was that bad makeup situation with his like old version of himself. And, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this guy does not look 60 years old. I saw the that other two it. versions of him when they make him 36 and 28. Both of those, they definitely did a better job at like making them look realistically younger and older. 
um, so that they could like spin off each other. Do they really look that different? Because I feel like that's no, only no, they did years. a good job. But the twenty-eight-year-old version does have like a really bad wig. Like the haircut <laughs> looks awful. Oh, that's the yeah, that's like it's just the, a longer version, version yeah. of hair. But he does for some. He acts a little bit, or maybe it's the credit to the thirty-six-year-old version where Theo James is like really into that. He he plays a more mature version of himself, and you buy into that. I guess I was wondering where he was from. He's from the Divergent series. He also has been cast in the White Lotus season two. Oh, interesting. I didn't. Even remember that because i think we when we talked about white lotus it was a mini series and they weren't going to give it a season two and then they decided yeah, to got anyways. Picked up again yep yeah the next complaint i have about this because i have a list of bad stuff so i'm just gonna go through okay. that um this plays out like a hallmark movie a lot of this first episode uh the acting starts really rough between the two of them rose leslie who i like in game of thrones i like her in the what was it the honeymoon um horror oh, movie honey, like mooners or something like that it's not the honeymooners okay <laughs> but she does a bad job at the beginning of this because she's supposed to be playing claire who's smitten with henry even before he ever knows her because he meets her when he's older she meets him when he's younger. right yeah so when she actually sees him she's just in love and she plays it that way but the writing is just so bad that I, I don't know. So is it her acting the or is it the date that writing? they go on, the thing? And then she turns on him like on a dime. The second she finds out that he has a girlfriend, she just flips out. Like obviously it's on him because he sleeps with her before telling her that. Mm. But then she just like hates him with all the vitriol possible. And then she's still in love with a version of him who's like eight years older. And that part where it was like, it didn't really that matter. Was, that was completely different from the book because she finds like her toiletries, right? Uh, yeah, in the yeah. bottom right drawer. And she's like, that's the first drawer I checked. Right, and in, in, in the book, uh, Claire, like, finds it and is more thinking that, like, um, Henry's girlfriend is in the past type thing, and, like, she isn't actually that jealous, but for some reason... Stephen yeah, because you can narrate in a book what her thoughts are. Right. In this, you have to just state feelings, and it comes across super hallmarky, right? Yeah. So there's not... And then there's also like too much flutes going on in the background the whole <laughs> <For> time. The, <laughs> score. the flutes and the violins, they decided to go a classical route. There's no like pop music or anything. It's just that. So it's like a fairy tale. Hmm, okay. And it's it's so hallmarky. You know, you yeah. hear that in Christmas movies a lot where it's just the, the, the violins playing whenever someone meets their true love. The and, person who directed this and directed all six episodes that they're going to be, David Nutternown, he is known for explicitly directing pilots. He did things like Supernatural, Terminator, The Sarah Con Connor Chronicles, Arrow, The Flash, and even got a primetime Emmy for Game of Thrones, except that was the season five finale that he did. So, I mean, he's, he's known, but I think he also has done some pilots that haven't been too well received. Well, let's go through those really quick because Supernatural, I remember seeing, and uh, you didn't walk away with that not knowing the formula that the right. show was going to take. What were the other ones? The uh, Terminator, the Saracona Chronicles. Uh, that was with Leah Headley or Lena Headley? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, yeah, that show went for like two seasons, I think. Back in like so, 2005. So different than this one, besides the fact that it stars a female lead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have Arrow as well. Arrow, it's funny because like in season two of Arrow, they decided to change the entire... Like tone of the show, right? Not just the tone, but the way they told stories. They went from like, I think, episodic or serialized to more episodic or, or vice versa. And so they decided to ditch that format. But none of those like bombed right off the bat. Right. And they all went mm -hmm. for several seasons. So maybe that'll be a good omen for this and show. And Stephen Moffat said that he he's not just going to make it one season. He has a certain number of seasons in mind, but oh, he has, has kind of kept it to himself in terms of what that number is going to be all right well i'm just going to continue with the bad <laughs> stuff here okay so too many butt shots like i said um no that was 
because they did it later on. And that's when I realized, oh, no, this is going to follow throughout the entire series. They shot six episodes, you said? Yeah, six episodes. And I'm probably going to see this the entire time if I continue to watch the show. I thought the movie was all right. And I know I saw it like 10 years ago. And I just remember really kind of the premise and the ending of it. But I thought that they were able to tell a full, complete story from the time traveler's wife's perspective in that two hours. The movie got like a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it does have but like it a also 7.1 got like a, on IMDb. Yeah, it, it's got like uh, mixed reviews, mm-hmm. but it, overall I thought it did a decent job as a romantic uh, film that kind of told the um, take on the whole time travel aspect and what it would do to your loved ones who just have no ability around you. I think that maybe HBO saw this and was like, oh, this can be a success because I know that the movie was a financial success. It grossed like over $100 million at the box office. And yeah. in 2018, that's when It's got HBO... a cool title. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's the reason? Uh-huh. The characters are sort of unlikable here. Claire and Henry are both really cocky. Henry's cocky because he's like learned to live on his own as a survivalist, as he puts it. He's learned that he can steal and become a chameleon wherever he goes because he needs to just blend in. Blend in, yeah, <laughs> for as long as he's there. And Claire, because she knows so much about his life already, she's coming in there hot. She's like, I've got this journal. You told me all this stuff. I'm ready for you. We're getting married, like that type of thing. And I understand why they're in love. I don't know why the audience should necessarily love them off the bat. Uh, especially when Henry does something like when he falls back into the present timeline at one point to go meet his date. And uh, he falls on top of this other dude who's also on a date. And the guy is sort of a jackass. But then he proceeds to just beat the ever-living shit out of him. He just like... Why? For his clothes. It's as stupid as it has his clothes. And then the guy's date is there and Henry starts flirting with the date. And I'm just like, this wait, guy is an wait, asshole. Wait, wait, hold on. Take a step back. So he just beat up someone who was going on a date with a girl Henry's for his like, clothes. The first thing that you have to do whenever you time travel is find clothes again. Right. You have to find food because you're hungry. And then you have to find, I think, like money or something. But he, in this case, of course, he's naked. He gets sick. And then he's like, okay, the first thing I need is clothes. And he just turns to the guy and he's like, sorry. And then he just beats him up. <laughs> but then the, but then he starts flirting with the person. Yeah, he's like, date. you're not going to remember who I am because I'm naked and you're too distracted with how handsome I am. And then he just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so dumb. <laughs> Then he goes to the date with Claire. That's where he kind of learns more information about that. Um, I told you Claire went from I love you to I hate you really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then it takes his 36-year-old self stepping in and kind of convincing her to give him another chance. Because he's like, you're the one who makes me the way I am. Just like I'm the one who molded you. Which made it sound like he groomed her. Okay, well, that's (laughs) Which made it sound like he went back in time. No, that's that's been the controversy of this show that's been surrounding it the whole time. Which is the fact that people feel like they're watching someone groom someone. When you show up at like a six-year-old's place and you're like, don't tell anybody about me. But we're going to get married. And I really love my wife and you're going to be my wife. And I'm a cool dude who does this naked thing all wow, the time. You know, yeah, that's strange because Stephen Moffat even chimed in on it. He was like, it, it's not supposed to be anything like that. Uh, Henry makes it clear in the show that he's just trying to be a friend. To be clear, I, I completely understand that. It took me until I like woke up this morning because I watched this yesterday where I sort of was like, wait a second. This this is a little too awkward. No, because what you said has been the one complaint everyone said. I get had. that, but my initial impression was was not this show is in any way trying to glamorize that. Um, The last bad point that I I have here is 
why did he lie to Claire about having a girlfriend when he knows that she knows so much about him? Like, mm. she has convinced him with all the material she has that he has gone back in time and talked to her all these years and that she probably has more information than she's even giving up right now on their first date. And yet he doesn't think that lying to her on on that first date is going to come back and, and beat him up. Yeah. Like it, it's such a narcissistic thing to do, but also it just doesn't make sense give, considering that he is kind of smart. He is in college. That's where they meet. So I mean, again, I think in the book it was, it came across different. They just changed it maybe for more drama in this TV mm -hmm. show or something like that. There's, I, I have my good stuff too. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think the positives outweigh the bad stuff, but like at first when I see the bloody bathroom scene where he walks into his, sty of a place because he doesn't have time to clean up because he's always leaving and popping in and you know um <laughs> but then suddenly he turns to the bathroom and there's this pool of blood and i'm like has he has he time traveled and then i was like no he's not naked he hasn't fallen or anything and then it disappears and i'm like is he hallucinating <laughs> when you and say it disappears does he like blink or no, he just like looks away and then he looks back uh, and it's gone right he like picks up a towel to clean it up right and then we find out later something that I didn't remember from the movies at all, which is that all the organic parts of him, whether or not they're alive. So like his nail clippings, his hair, his blood mm. follows him throughout time and space. So if he like cuts his nails, those nails will time travel too at different places for a couple minutes and then flip back. So like he finds a baby tooth at one point and he's like, it'll, it'll disappear in a few minutes. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I read about that. <laughs> it's nuts though. Like, do you realize how gross that would be? A, if... <laughs> You never know if the nail you're seeing on the ground is actually your old nail or if it's just some gross person's yeah, leftover yeah, nail. Yeah, yeah. I love that part because it's so weird and it was actually leaving me um, laughing. <laughs> and the blood part, it was like, that's his blood. So we're supposed to know that there's this horrible thing that happens to him, but he doesn't know when from. He just knows that that blood is like following mm -hmm. him around space yeah. and time. I think I think I have a theory just from the research that I've done on that. But <laughs> okay, I, yeah. so are they going to change the ending to it? Because I remember the ending to the movie, and I feel like maybe for going multiple seasons, they might want to add a little bit. More I assume that the yeah, I mean Stephen Moffat has been really tight lipped about really the cagey. yeah about the future of this show. I know that for uh, Rose Leslie when she auditioned, she was eight months pregnant, had never read the book, and then to keep her hair even more red, even though she felt like she was being typecast in a lot of roles because of her red hair, she had to take like cold showers. There was like a full huh. article. Is that a thing? You can yeah. like make your hair redder by taking well, a cold shower. Also, they had to do hours on in like the salon chair. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like, like that, that probably played a bigger role. Like all they had to do was diet. <laughs> um, 28-year-old him talking to 7-year-old him. That was probably the best scene of the entire oh, show. He's able, so he talks to himself. He talks about the first time he time traveled that there was a different person, different time traveler there that he meets and kind of teaches him the ropes. That ends up being him. He knows that because... 28-year-old him is actually the version of him that first time travels to seven-year-old him and gives him sort of like the lowdown because he goes to a museum. And at that time, the seven-year-old him is just excited by it. He's Tells like, oh, the cool. ropes, yeah. Yeah, and, and they seem like they're going to be friends. And that exposition dump was so much better than the stupid interview at the beginning where it was like, oh, you know, I'm a time traveler. I'm a time traveler. I'm a, like, well, it, yeah. In this one, we actually got some answers where it, before it felt unnecessary. And that's where we learned the running, fighting, stealing thing. Uh, the kid asks a really good question. He's like, are we the bad guy? Because mm -hmm. like he's just being taught that whenever he goes somewhere and, and that's where we learn like I'm a survivalist and yes, we are the bad guy. And, and in a way I liked that they didn't try to make any sort of excuses for it. 
we also learn there that he can't travel back to like the dinosaur era or anything. Um, and then ironically, it doesn't have anything to do with the time traveler's wife in that scene. And that's where I think the real inherent flaw of the show is, which is that not only does it feel like it could have been a movie, but also the central character is supposed to be the time traveler's wife. We're supposed to be the most into her storyline. Right. I mostly care about this mystery with this time traveler. Like what's going to go happen to him. By the end of the episode, we get this big twist because he finds feet. He finds his frozen feet. What? Yeah, like, just on the ground. They're going to disappear in a few minutes, but, like, they're just his dismembered feet on the ground. Does he still have his feet when he finds them? Yeah, he's 28 at that time. We've seen him older than that. We've seen him, like, again at, like, 60. So, like, past 60, he's going to, like, have his feet chopped off. Now, whether or not he's actually dead, that's what I think they're tricking us. I think he might be still alive. Unless I see a head, I'm going to assume <laughs> he survived. <laughs> but then the seven-year-old him also learns about how he gets sick right before he leaves or feels sick before he leaves. It just felt sort of like, it, remember in Mr. Robot when he meets the younger version of himself? Yeah, that was, like, season two. Yeah. Well, no, also in, the, like, the last season, I think, too. Oh, yeah, season four. Yeah, and they have, like, conversations and stuff. It just felt... It, it was... A, it worked. That that part of it worked. I like the idea that death is inevitable, even for a time traveler, um, that he's not trying to escape it. Also, I like the fact that the older version of him played his wingman. Like, how cool is it <laughs> if you, you screw up and then, like, someone who knows all about your screw up and all about how to fix it comes in and just saves the day for you? And yet... He hates himself at 36. Like, 28-year-old him and 36-year-old him are kind of like Anne Hathaway's character in Solos, um, where she f starts talking, and they, they have completely different personalities, and they end up butting heads and stuff. This is the version, or, and we end up siding in Anne Hathaway's case with her younger version. In this, we're siding more with a 36-year-old version. Because at least he's trying to, like, uh, patch things up. It's not that he's trying to patch things up. He's just more mature. Mm. He, he knows who he loves. He's met the girl as, as a younger, and he also has had more experience. Like, we're in the 2008-2009 present timeline of a 28-year-old him, but I think for the rest of the episodes, or at least the latter end of them, we're going to meet his best friend, who I remember from the movie. We didn't meet him here. Okay, so you didn't meet Gomez yet. No, there was a trailer at the end of the episode where I was like, oh, yeah, he, he will come into play. Um, but it was only Henry and... Um, Claire the entire episode here literally okay yeah and then I uh, lastly had some stray observations firstly Claire is loaded because when we first meet her outside it seems like she's in the 1800s because there's this giant field and she's just running in her suspenders like down alone as like this little kid no smartphones no nothing but then she like goes back to her house to pick up the clothes for him when she finds the the naked dude and her family just has this giant mansion in the middle of the country and she has this brother she has a sister we haven't met any of them yet they're probably going to come into play later on yeah because there's there's some people i have here that you haven't mentioned yet like Therese, philip abshire lucille abshire abshire is her last name yeah. before she's married so that's clearly her the mom and dad yeah yeah well i'm thinking the brother and the sister but I would overall give the show a 5 out of 10. It doesn't pass muster to me. I'm probably not going to watch. No, I'm not going to watch the rest of the series. Um, the only thing I'm left questioning is how or when he dies. And I don't really care about their marriage. I'm sorry to say it because they, like, they star two people who seem like they could carry the show if it just had better writing. So I do think it's Stephen Moffat's fault. <laughs> the show overall has a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, I want to shout out the Vultures review. They gave a negative review basically about the whole show, but they did it in like, a funny time-traveling type of way. The Guardian said, despite my TV pet peeves, I found myself really enjoying it. So we're recommending the Vulture review to the show, but not to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Also... 
the the thing about uh not having the central character be the time traveler's wife quite yet it kind of reminded me of Lizzie's story because in that remember the whole thing is supposed to be Lizzie's perspective right. but then it ends about up being about her nothing about her, her husband's like journey before his death yeah yeah and I, so so stop naming things after like <laughs> The wife, and then like screwing her over, and just concentrating on the guys. Well, Rachel, Rachel McAdams actually said that she felt that Rose Leslie's performance was phenomenal. And there's even a video on YouTube where Rose Leslie is being told that, and she like freaks out. Because, she's uh, a good actress, but she doesn't use her real accent here. So right, yeah, it, that use... also made it feel a little less organic to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could just uh, tell because I had seen like Game of Thrones, but to me it was kind of like, oh, I can tell you're putting on an accent. You know, the audience actually is, it seems like there's a stark difference between the critics and audience score. His audience gave it 79% on Rotten Tomatoes as a 7.2 on IMDb, but it seems like a lot of the audience are saying, look, the show has a lot of problems. Yeah, but it's like, pretentious. But, but they also say that like, it's just entertaining to them. It seems like a lot of people. It is entertaining. He'll throw in weird lines that were not in the book. Like he hinted that he had had sex with himself at one point. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the 36 year old version of him when he was talking um, Claire down from like being at the bar and being like, I hate you. Like, but the previous you, I love you. You know, <laughs> he was like, I'm really handsome, though, back then. And uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Stephen Moffat <laughs> talked about the fact that like he tried to put in a lot of humor and that's not how it is in the book. The book's supposed to be very depressing. But like even the two main stars were like, yeah, one thing we like to do was the fact that it was so different in terms of comedy. Uh, like you were saying, it starts off with them like speaking directly to a camera, not in the book, but people felt that that was a... Uh, Unnecessary. Completely well, unnecessary. Well, people felt like that was because the book uh, takes the main two... They're spoon-feeding us the plot at that point. And there's stuff there where show over tell, right? Yeah. You don't just explain stuff to us. Show us the things happen. Like, they keep on warning us of the, the problems of time travel at the beginning instead of just showing us some. They really could have just made him seem like his life was in danger all the time but instead they just had him butt shot butt shot butt shot you know i know that the book takes uh claire and henry's first person accounts and puts them both in the book and that's the reason why people were thinking that maybe that's why it starts off directly with them speaking to the camera dumping the exposition as like a replacement to that almost i do know that henry because he uh phases out at the end of the interview where he's not he's like 60 years old like i said Mm -hmm. but he disappears so that means that's not his timeline also you could tell that because he was next to a macbook computer and it was definitely from like modern times versus something that you would see in 30 years right the the show i at least you said 2008 2009 i that's where that's where 28 year old him resides 36 year old him would reside in 19 or in 2015 and the version of claire that we see originally is 1996 1995 see, that's what people were talking about the show takes place in the 1990s is what i got well that's where her in, in the child who plays her is is fine like she's just a, a kid actress and she does remind me so much of the amy pond version that i was just like this is identical almost but then we also see the seven-year-old him and that person is in the 80s i think Right, yeah, and that, and that's where it differs because the novel takes place from the 1960s to the early 2000s because I think it was written in 2003. Yeah, we do get a lot of timelines, and usually I like that type of thing because they just mix and weave and, and, and you find yourself in a com- complex storyline. But, but overall, five, complex. overall, five out of ten. Yeah. 
and, and that's that's basically my review of it. <laughs> the last the last fact I have is there is a musical in development in theater productions with a special arrangement with Warner Brothers Theater Adventures. Uh, Nefenger, who is the person who wrote the book on Twitter, said that she did not know about this project that apparently is going to be happening. But yeah, they're they're thinking about turning it into a musical play. <laughs> I'd be fine with that as long as Moffat's not in charge. I think this is too Moffatized, and and I like some of his Doctor Who work. So. Okay. Oh, there's also a sequel. There's a sequel that uh, was supposed with, to come out in 2018. With Eric Bana? No, no, no. A sequel to the book. Say. A book, actually. Audrey Nefenger said, like, in 2013 that she was working on it. It was announced. And then uh, but it was, and then she said it was going to come out in 2018, but it never did. So, hmm. you know. Well, in the description for the movie, because I wanted to see if that two lines would uh, jog my memory. It says that Henry has a genetic mutation, which allows him to do this. And... In the TV show, I'm going to wonder if at any point we learn what causes him specifically to time travel. The hunger part that you're talking about where he's like hungry every single time he goes back in the past, that's been in all three adaptations. For yeah. some reason, they've decided to it's always It's the equivalent of someone getting high and having the munchies. Because <laughs> he literally broke into a vending machine to give the kid chips when he first found him. Um, and uh, the other thing I would say about Eric Bana is not only would that be a gen- genetic mutation that changed him for the time travel, but also the genetic mutation uh, experiment also changed his DNA for Hulk. You're saying that they're related somehow? I'm just saying at, during the mid to late 2000s, Eric Bana <laughs> would only take certain types of roles. And then after 2010, he was out. He was okay, like, I don't yeah, want to do I any think, more Bol- Hulk. I don't want to do any more time travelers. I think once. we're getting a little off topic here. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.